Welcome to Living the Present Moment with Dr. Joel Ying. This episode is recorded August 2018. On this series, I interview people of passion and purpose, doing interesting things, living the present moment. I'm your host today, Dr. Joel Ying. I'm a physician, educator, storyteller. Find me online at livingthepresentmoment.com. You can find the blog there, newsletter, mailing list. Today's topic is intuitive reading, and my guest today is Jamie McCall. Jamie McCall is coming live, coming to me live from Scotland, that was hard to say. Going through some life transitions and uh, now working towards being a life coach. We met at a workshop a long time back and then met again in Scotland recently, and he started doing some intuitive readings for a group of friends. And I was intrigued by the readings, the first time I'd ever had a reading, I always, I always thought of readings as um, fortune tellers, and they're going to tell me what my future holds. And a friend of mine, she did African divination. I was surprised by the fact that what happened was a conversation. She used the symbols to get an intake of, of what she was reading from me with her intuitive reading. She just used it to guide the conversation and provided insight and clarity. That gave me a, a different sort of take on what what it would mean to use your intuition as reading. And I, I think of this in the in the background that I've read a lot about emotional intelligence, a lot about empathy, how we connect and how we can tell you know, walk into a room and people are walking on eggshells, so to speak. Well how do you know that? It's my intuition. I just had a hunch. It's gut instinct. And we do readings all the time on people, you know, oh he's having a bad day. Oh, she's in a good mood today. So I, I, I just thought it interesting how you do readings. I've spoken enough. Let me invite you to say, how, how did you start doing intuitive readings? Yeah. Um, i trying to think actually how it started. Um, I think if we go right back to the beginning, it was through my mother and I was quite a young age. I'm trying to think what age it was, maybe somewhere between the age of like six and eight years old something like that and she had this wooden box and inside the wooden box were these cards that were wrapped in black silk and there was just this um feeling that you know she really respected the cards that were in this box that's why she wrapped them in the black silk it's like a protective thing um and just remember her showing me them. I think we were just clearing out the attic one day and that's why we were looking at them. Um, and I just loved the pictures and she was telling me, you know, how they worked. And um, my mum was not that familiar with the traditional meanings of the, the cards, but she just told me, you know, you look at the picture and you just say what you see. Mm. So that's what we did. We just had a little bit of fun just kind of doing that. Um, and I suppose that always stuck. Um, that's kind of how I do readings now. I just say what I see or what I, I feel, what's coming up. Um, but then fast forward a bit more to my adult years. So I'm trying to think how long, maybe, let's say five or six years ago now. And it was with um, an ex-boyfriend of mine. And we used to gather just with a couple of friends. I think it was like a neighbor more than a friend, but they were friends. And um, we basically got together and we did like meditation together. And at the end, we 
do like card readings. And there's more of the one person in the group who is more into the card readings and one who's more into meditation. And they would always kind of lead where we went. It's just a group of four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember the woman who's doing the cards, she invited me to do the cards. And I've never really seriously kind of done the card readings until that point. I've always dabbled. I've always had a pack of cards, you know, oracle cards or tarot cards in the house. And I've looked at them and tried working with them myself. But I haven't often read for other people. So she invited me to do reading for her partner who came in um, that he was interested. So I practiced on him and I just did what my mom told me, just said what I saw because I didn't know the traditional meanings of the cards. Um, And I think these were called the Lenormand cards. So they're different from the tarot cards. They're very simplistic images like a house or a snake or a flower, that kind of thing. And I just saw this story unfold in front of me with all these pictures and just started to <laughs> say this story and I didn't know where it came from. Just my creativity was flowing. And um, when I'd finished, the guy just said, wow, like you just summed up exactly what's going on for me right now. Mm. You know, So I wasn't predicting anything. I was just... I saw a story and I started to say the story and that was his story what was just been happening so I found that really fascinating that I could say something with quite a high level of accuracy that seemed to come from nowhere so that intrigued me further and then yeah when I last got together with you and our group of friends and I did the card readings for everyone that was again another um kind of opportunity and like a dose of getting to know what that felt like again for me you know doing the cards and there's just that feeling of flow and I just could see these stories unfolding and um I think over the years I've gotten to just trust whatever I feel or see just to say it and not put a filter on it you know um which I think is really key with any kind of intuitive work just to not doubt what you think or you feel, just say it. You know, it might not be for you. It might be for someone else. It might make sense to someone else or further down the line. And I found that more often than not, that's what happens. You know, just uh, if I say like, oh, I'm getting an image of a horse and I don't know why, you know, I'm, I'm just seeing a horse in my head and it's running and, you know, and it might make complete sense to somebody else. It might mean nothing to me, but it might mean everything to someone else. And if I was inhibited in any way, I could just think, oh, that's just a weird thought. I've got a horse in my head, like go away thought, you know. (laughs) But if I learn to say it from that mode of doing a reading or whatever, I'll just say, oh, I don't know why I'm getting this image of a horse. And it might mean a lot. So just really recognize the value of being open and just being in that state of flow and tapping into something that I don't always need to understand. Um, you know, sometimes I've looked at it logically and thought, well, you know, from looking at these cards, these images are stirring up stuff in your subconscious or in your creative energy and you're formulating 
um, a story or a message that might be things that you're already kind of aware of, maybe subconsciously, and you're bringing it to a conscious level. Or, I don't know, like we're maybe picking up on things with other senses. And sometimes the cards are like a focus point to help you to formulate and organize those inputs of information into something that's coherent. I know everyone does readings differently, but um, I was wondering if you could walk me through like a sample situation and, and then how you've seen an intuitive reading help someone. I think the simplest way to explain it is I always try and just act like a mirror for some okay. Okay. A mirror, like a reflection, a mirror. Ah, mirror, mirror. Yeah, yeah. It's my Scottish accent, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's still there's still the easy traps to fall into, either as a reader or for someone who get getting their cards read, you know, by someone else. And the traps are that either me as a reader, I can sometimes say or sound like I'm seeing stuff that's coming up in the future or like I'm predicting. Um, and same goes with people who are wanting answers. Sometimes I've literally had emails from people saying, when will I meet the love of my life? Will I have any more kids again? You know, will I have this job that I want? Will I move to this country? Mm. And I'm thinking no one can tell you that. No one can tell you that at all. But if you want those things, let's look at how you can make that happen. Look at maybe where the blocks are, like how you get onto that track. Um, so going back to the mirror, the reflection thing, rather than going into prediction, I basically help to reflect and point out where people are at right now or where they've just been and where they're at now. So I'll say, well, I'm seeing this pattern of behavior or this pattern in your life. And I can see that this is where it's usually led you to, or this is where it could lead if you continue this pattern. And then I'll often see maybe options, you know, like, well, if you choose to think or act in this way, you know, or embrace this kind of energy, this could probably happen if you embrace this kind of thought pattern or action or energy, this might happen. So I'm trying to feel out for people and identify what's well, more help them to identify, well, what path do you want to take? What feels best for you? You know, it's, it's kind of like a co-creative process, really. It's not me doing like a weather report saying it's going to rain tomorrow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, well, actually, no. Do you know what? I'm going to backtrack from that a little bit because there's a little bit of that. Because um, I'm into astrology a little bit too, and I suppose that's kind of the same thing. It's like getting a weather report of the planets, like what energies we're in, and the same can be said in readings. So, yeah, I might pick up on, okay, I can see this might be coming up, looking at, you know, the pattern in your life right now. So let's say, for example, in a metaphor, I'm getting the impression, you know, it's going to rain tomorrow, just as a metaphor. Now, one person might love being in the rain, another person might hate the rain, just as a simplified, meta simplified metaphor. So if someone's like, oh, I hate the rain, well, it's like, okay, so do you have an umbrella? 
would you like an umbrella? How can you get an umbrella? Or do you want to stay inside? You know, what would make you feel best? Because this is what I'm seeing happening. Like it may rain tomorrow. It's a tricky one because it's a bit, I, I do try and stay away from prediction, but there's always an element there. But it's more about the person reacting to their environment and their life and their circumstances. So, you know, the other person would be like, oh, I love going in the rain. It reminds me of being a kid and I splashed around in the rain and played. And so that might be perfect for them, you know, like, oh, yeah, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's been so dry and hot. Like, I can't wait for it to rain. You know, and they, you can f feel the difference just in the imagining of the two reactions. You know, the person who's like, yeah, I can't wait for the rain. It's been so dry. This is what I want. There's no blocks. There's no anything like inhibiting that person. So they're kind of on the track they want to be you know, no matter what comes along. So even if you say, oh, well, it's actually going to be sunny tomorrow, I was wrong. You may be like, oh, great, I love the sunshine anyway. You know, they're, they're in that kind of mode, they're in that mood, and another person might be dealing with more what's wrong or what's in their way and trying to help them remove those blocks. Um, I think I got a bit caught in a story there I wasn't trying to go into, but let me try and rein it back to answer your question like what I've seen so yeah like what I have seen with people when I've done readings it is more to do with being this reflection to help identify blocks or patterns that they've been embracing or didn't realize they've been embracing that they don't like you know going down directions that they don't want to go so I'm trying to redirect them back to their true self, their real self, their happiest self, their best self. No matter what life throws at them, they're equipped. I think that's what I was trying to do with the whole rain and sunshine metaphor there, but I'm trying to help equip people and just reflect back, well, this is where you're at. This is how I see you. Hmm. You know, is this accurate? You know, because um, I'm still just interpreting them and their story. Uh, they can obviously tell me what is correct and what's incorrect um, but being that mirror really really helps because we often can't see where we're at um, and it's also very true like for card readers or intuitive readers or psychic readers that it's very difficult to read for yourself because we need that other perspective as a mirror like I might see some stuff in the cards and be like, oh, no, 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 that's not me. That's not what's going on. You know, I just deny it. Whereas someone else can be like, well, you know, actually, here's another way of looking at it. And yeah, I've noticed this pattern in you too. So it's just good to get that other perspective. And that can really help to transform people, to guide them back to where they want to be. What kind of things have people said about readings that inspires you to keep doing them realizing that it does have an impact on people some things might seem quite small to me but who am i to say how it's going to affect someone else you mm. know for where they're at and their journey to be honest most of the time it's actually just validation if i'm really honest is I'm really recognizing that in my coaching as well as um, intuitive readings that just 
being witnessed and validated for your story mm. where you're at what's been happening for you can be huge for somebody it's the biggest thing when i've personally had readings and i suppose yeah when other people have had readings for me too that's the main comment that always comes back the strongest is wow you've just said exactly my story mm. you know just to, it makes people feel heard and witnessed and seen and there's bigger value in that than i I think I used to realize, you know, how powerful that can be. And then it gives this kind of platform for people to validate whatever they need to validate in themselves and say, yeah, this, this was what happened, you know, this was good or bad or ugly. And now they're assessing how they want to move forward. And there's something about this validation point that seems really important to recognize where you've been or where you are before you can move forward not all the time but yeah that's pretty huge that's the main thing i've noticed yeah i can appreciate that power of validation or the power of just listening to a story i recognize that as a doctor myself when people come in every now and then i realize that the reason they came to me whatever it was is the reason they came to me but what they got out of it is that someone listened to their story and yeah. felt validated and heard and reflected and able to process their own story a little different and take it out of the room and yeah, move on with it in whatever way they needed to. Yeah. So it's exactly that. Just like you're saying, you know, there's so many roles and professions where that validation is huge. And I suppose with doing intuitive readings, the, the different kind of flavor to it is that, you're really as a reader you're really listening and feeling out all the information all the input that you're getting from that person through whatever channel it comes through i still don't understand how i say what i say <laughs> when i say it you know or how i know what i know but i'm picking it up from somewhere it might be you know through face to face it may be body language and visual inputs and stuff like that but a lot of the time i've done it without meeting the person you know, and send them a recorded reading and I still managed to pick up on something. So I think we broadcast a lot more information than we realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good way to say it. <laughs> yeah, on some level. And I'm just picking up on what's being broadcast and then saying, hey, do you know that this is what you're broadcasting? Um, yeah, and they're yeah, like, oh true. yeah, that's exactly what's going on for me. It's like, oh, funny that because you're broadcasting it. Um, but yeah, and I think the other bit, that might tie in nicely just now just talking about the validation point is um with my life coaching course i'm doing one of our homework exercises was this three card story so our main tutors or coaches um they just pulled three oracle cards and it was basically just a picture with the words underneath And they said, your homework is you're to write a story that is using these three cards or the Mm -hmm. images or words in these cards. And it was just like a kind of creative process thing. Um, We were actually using it as an exercise to reflect on, like after we've written the story, we'd read the story to each other in little groups and kind of track and identify patterns or things that you notice in the story 
So for example, like if the story is really well structured or people are really named um, in a certain way or if they're all female, if they're all male, the characters, you know, there's something that's come from that person. So I think it ties in as well to the card readings here, like learning to read and feel out and recognize patterns and stories for that person. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll go into this story that I had. Um, so we were told for the homework, it has to start off with um, something along the lines of once upon a time, a baby was left at the doorstep. Now are you, um, help me understand the yeah, sorry. cards. You're, you're creating a story just out of the cards yeah. from whatever your imagination brings up? Or are you? Yeah, exactly trying? that. Okay. So I'll, exp I'll explain a little bit more. So the cards that came up, I remember the first card was called Healing. And it had this image of, it was just kind of like a, a silhouette of a figure and hands over the, the figure. And it was called Healing. The second card was Compromise. And it was like two warriors standing side by side, but their, their little fingers, their pinkies were touching. And then the third card was the miser. So it's just this old woman, like an old witch or something. And she's had all these jewels and robes around her. And yeah, we were told to just go with our creativity and just whatever comes from the top of your head, just write a story, just a short story using these cards. Um, so I'm going to read the story in a minute, but the thing I wanted to bring up about this was it brought up something really subconscious for me that I didn't realize was there. And I think this is kind of what happens with intuitive readings as well. This reflection, this is almost like doing a reading for myself, writing a mm. story. It was really strange. So I think that's why I'm tying it in here. I was telling my, well, I was about to tell my mother the story that I'm about to read, but I was telling her, what built up to the story and then she said oh do you remember like this happened and I'll, I'll tell you later after the story what it was I was like no I don't remember this so there's this memory I had nothing of and then I thought wow I've just written a story about this scenario that my mom's told me about this is mm. crazy so I'll read the story so once there was a couple who longed for a child they loved each other much, but always felt incomplete without having the chance to be parents. One morning, the woman woke to find the front door of their cottage was wide open. She went to the front door to find a basket at the doorstep. Inside the basket was a baby girl. The girl grew with every passing day. By the time she was 10, she was healthy, beautiful, and always happy. However, the couple were concerned that she'd never spoken or even made a sound since she'd appeared at their door. They took the girl to the village healers. The healers debated for a long time why the girl would not speak. Some thought the problem came from her throat area. Then others argued, no, 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 sound comes from the belly. The issue must be there. They used all of their skills and techniques over many weeks, but nothing helped and the girl still never made a sound. 
Uh, if you bear with me, I'm just going to close the window because there's about to be sound outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me just get back to where I was. Yep. So this girl still never made a sound. However, she always acknowledged and hugged the healers, showing so much love and appreciation after every visit. The couple then went to the village wise men. They were brothers, but they never agreed on anything together. They suggested many reasons why the girl did not speak. They even suggested many things to try, but they were often at odds and conflicting in their advice. They could never agree on who was right. The wise men started to feel embarrassed that their wisdom was failing them and the girl. However, the girl looked at them with wonder and admiration for all the knowledge they had. With a smile, she reached out to touch the hand of each brother and then linked their pinkies together. Baffled at what this meant, the wise brothers strangely both had an idea at the same time that the couple should take the girl to go and see the old miser of the village who lived at the top of the hill. When they reached the old miser's house, she took one look at the girl's tattered clothes and dirty bare feet and told the couple that she deserved more beautiful clothes. A girl with such beauty as hers deserves the finest things in life. She's living like an animal. That's why she will not talk. The miser showed the girl all of the beautiful robes and riches that she'd collected and dressed her in the finest clothes she had. The girl showed much gratitude for the attention the miser showered her with. However, when she was shown her reflection after being dressed up, the girl just smiled and then looked out the window, captivated by the gentle swaying of the trees and the birds that lived there. The couple and the girl went home to their cottage. The couple saw the girl play in nature with the trees and the birds and saw how perfect she already was. They went to join her as she played and told her that they loved and accepted her no matter what. To the couple's surprise, the girl then sang in the most heavenly voice and the birds sang in harmony with her. The whole village gathered around whenever she sang. As they listened and loved her for who she was, they could hear the voices of their own souls. From that day on, anyone who'd heard the girl sing could hear their souls singing in harmony together, even in silence. So that's the story. <laughs> um, so bearing in mind, this was all we were given was a baby was left at a doorstep, and then the card healing, compromise, and the miser. So all the rest was stuff that was in my subconscious but when I went to tell my mother about something leading up to the story um, I was talking about this feeling of feeling invisible or unseen or unheard um, there's something I was working through in my coaching and she said do you know Jamie do you remember that um, when I was sick, when, sorry, when my mum was sick, when I was really young, I was like two and a half or three. Um, she had a brain hemorrhage. That was her first brain hemorrhage at that point. Mm. And, um, oh, sorry, I've, I've left a bit of information that's key there. Um, so during the coaching, 
stuff I was working through, this feeling of feeling unseen or unheard or invisible, they were trying to take me back to the earliest, earliest memory of that. And I said, well, I think like three years old. And I was baffled why I said three, because I thought I had a good childhood. You know, I was well looked after and I was happy. So that's what I was telling my mom. And then she said, oh, do you know, when I had my brain hemorrhage, Jamie, you were mute. You didn't speak. Like, what? <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I had no memory of that. Wow. And I thought, I've just written about this girl who doesn't speak. You know, I was just, what? This <laughs> is all coming through really strangely. Um, but anyway, it was just really interesting that it kind of brought out this forgotten memory of, yeah, being unseen or unheard. So what happened was my mother was ill, so I stopped speaking. And she said, but do you know that we really helped each other because my mum had to relearn how to speak again because of the, the brain hemorrhage. And because I was learning to read, she would read stories to me and that helped me to speak again. And because everyone else was trying to finish her sentences because she couldn't remember certain words or sentences, she was getting frustrated and I was the only one giving her the silence and the presence that she needed to go at her own pace. So we both helped each other to learn how to speak. So there's this incredibly healing memory and moment that was coming out of this story. And then I told mum the story and it was just really strange how it tied in. Um, but yeah, I think the other reason I wanted to bring up this story was because for me, I was blown away by what came up just from looking at three cards, like this whole story. So it was kind of a, a good example of how I do readings. You know, there are just three images with three words, but there's this whole story there for me, which is usually harder to do. I'm doing it for other people. It's easier. So it might be something that even people you know, listening here could try just start with three images or three words and write a short story about it and see what comes up. And that's more or less what I do. And you don't know where it comes from, but the information comes from somewhere. And for me, I was just blown away by part of the root of it. And for me personally, um, but then also when I was writing the story, I did have the, um, the more conscious awareness that I was wanting to express a story where uh, there's the importance of accepting people how they are, no matter what, and not putting your own projection on them. So that's what I also try and do with my readings. I try not to project, oh, I think this person is this. Like everyone has their own filter and their own perspective mm -hmm. of people. But I don't know that person. I don't know their life. And sometimes it can make people uncomfortable when you're saying their life story <laughs> through some cards. Like, how do you know that? But I still don't know the person. You know, they, they, it's still their story. They still own that story. And it's just my perspective on their story. So then they, it invites them to tell me more about their story. Mm. But yeah, the, the other piece I was wanting to add about 
when I was writing this in a more conscious way, um, you know, the girl was viewed by all these different people she went to as being broken in some way or not how she should be. And at the end, they realized she was already perfect the way she was. And then they got to see her true gift or, or hear her true gift. And the girl, when she was visiting all these people, you know, like the healers were feeling, oh, you know, our healing is not working. How can we call ourselves healers? But she still was really grateful for the time in their presence and saw them for people, you know, just their label of, oh, I'm a healer, you know? And then same with the wise men, they were feeling, oh, our, our wisdom is failing us and it's failing this girl, but she was fascinated by all the wisdom they had and mm. things like that. And the same with the miser, you know, just um, the misers focused on the girl's beauty, um, the superficial beauty. And the girl was just really fascinated by other forms of beauty, like nature and everything. And uh, but she still really appreciated all this attention she was getting from the miser and stuff like that. So I felt that was important in the story of just really um, realizing you, we don't really know anything about people, you know? So if you're ever having your fortune read or a psychic reader or a tarot reader, it might sound like they know exactly everything about your life, but, you know, you as the person getting the reading, you're still the one with the power. You know, you're the one making the decisions and the choices. It's still your story, it's still your life. Mm. You know, you can't you can't get someone else to tell you, um, yeah, like what should I do? <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't you can't I mean you can, you can do that, you can ask it, but it it takes away your power, you know. So what I'm always trying to do when I'm doing a reading or coaching or anything is give people back their power and just hold up that reflection that mirror like this is what i can see in you like there's where i can see your strength there's where i can see your power here's how i can see how you're deviating away from your strength and your power are you aware of it what do you want to do about it it's up to you the choice is yours that's what i try and keep in mind whenever i'm doing mm -hmm. readings is to give back that power to the person because I don't know what's best for somebody, but they know. And I help them to even discover that because it can be very subconscious, even knowing what to do. Mm. But it's just bring, bring up to a conscious level so they have more information to work with or more of a, a clearer reflection on themselves. Like, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that or thinking that. And then it can make a more informed decision. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the way you describe intuitive reading, which is very different from, I think, the first thought that most people would have of fortune tellers and how they're portrayed in the movies with mm. exactly the question that you said, what should I do now? And people yeah. giving away their power to someone to tell them what to do and yeah. knows more and can read whatever the signs are. Why, why do you think there's that image of the fortune teller in media? It's just it's such an easy trap to fall into. There's still lots of people doing it. And even I can fall into that trap now and again myself, even when I'm, you know, going onto YouTube and looking up readers and card readers and what I find myself doing when I'm looking for a reading is 
I'm kind of looking for information I want to hear. There's that too. That can happen. That's quite an easy trap. And then it's this thing back to validation. You know, as soon as I hear someone validating what I want to hear, I'm like, yes, 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 that's my story. That's what is going on for me. But other people who maybe have forgotten their power and their choice, they might um, be kind of in awe of what a reader or psychic can pick up and what they can say and think, oh, what, what they say is so mysterious, it must be true, it must be right. And then they forget that they've got that power. And mm. I don't know. So I think it just really boils back down to that, you know, people forgetting who they are, forgetting what they're capable of. Um, and it's just like anything, you know, things can be warped. Like even yourself as a doctor, you know, you're helping to empower people, like get their health back on track and showing them how they can do it. But, you know, some other doctors, they might say, well, this is all you can do. This is it. This is your only option. This is your only choice. Hmm. And if the, the patient is listening to that, thinking, well, everything the doctor says is right, you know, it's a very narrow field of choices and options. And it's giving your power away to someone else and what they decide. So it really depends on both. It depends on the receiver and the giver of the information about how it's being delivered. Even yourself, you could have really good intentions as a doctor and like want to empower people. But if the patient, the receiver of the information is thinking, well, everything Joel says like has to be true. Like, Joel, tell me what I should do. Mm. Use a doctor will say, well, here's your options. You need to make the choice ultimately, you know, and vice versa. Um, if someone is in their power as a patient and they're going to ask a doctor who maybe thinks that everything they say is right <laughs> and that the doctor knows best. But if the patient's in their power, they'll be like, mm, OK, I appreciate the information, but I'm going to get a second opinion. You know, they're in that information gathering mode to make their own decision. Um, so I think that's a long way of explaining why I think that image of like a psychic or a tarot reader is in the media or in history of if, if uh, they're predicting something and saying something right. is going to happen. It's just such an easy human behavior kind of trait that we can fall into. It just depends where we're at. Mm. Um, really, that's just my take on it anyway. No, that's a good good take. Yeah. And also because, um, sorry to interrupt there, um, also because especially with the traditional tarot, you know, it's looking at really archetypical things, like archetypical behaviors and subconscious things that can be scary or beautiful, you know, like it, it can help you look at your deepest fears and look at your greatest wants and desires and um, it can be really triggering for people in a good or a bad way. So it's, it's a lot of things that um, it's like anything, it can be manipulated for good or bad, mm. you know, it's a bit like religion and spirituality, you know, it can be used in one way or seen in one way. Another person can interpret it another way. Right. Right. Some of the, 
some great tragedies have been done in the name of religion. So we'll yeah, leave it so it's the same that. same kind of pattern, you know. Power can be used as good or bad. Yeah, yeah, depends on how the information is either delivered or received. Really, I think is what it boils down to. Yeah, I, and I appreciate that you shared that story as an example of sort of how intuition is sort of creativity, making a story and just trusting what mm. comes out to to be yep. something, and and just. Just as a storyteller, I, I've heard someone say once that every story is a personal story. And yeah. I appreciate that because I I choose the stories that I want to tell. And so that every story I tell says something about me by the choice I make. You know, the fact that I'm telling the story. Yeah. And and so after after hearing your story, it was so potent. I really I could feel the themes and, and many things. Uh, inside the story without even like part of my mind was like oh let me think about the story and analyze it and I thought no let me sit with the themes and the whole thing first mm. gestalt. and that feeling was just that there was something really potent in it uh, came to me and I, I sort of just appreciated that about your story on, on that first level I was going somewhere with that and I can't remember at the moment but <laughs> <laughs> it's all good I think the other bit I would add about the story when I did it, personally for me, I wanted to make the story reasonably open so that other people could put their own interpretation on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously reflected my interpretation and where it was coming from and the mm-hmm. image and the message I wanted there. But, you know, people can read that in different ways and apply their story to it as well or see what they noticed you know about the story um you know i've I've read the story to not many people just a couple of people but they picked up on different things um the even i i wasn't really thinking of and i thought oh good so that's what i was wanting you know to keep it broad Mm -hmm. keep it open so it's not too hyper specific right it it strikes me that uh a story on that level that you're talking about with the archetypes is sort of like looking at the picture in a card. Mm, yeah. And it just has symbols and you start to work with them. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so like, even if I was doing a, a card reading with traditional tarot, you know, the tarot cards, they've all got a traditional meaning of when this card comes up, it always tends to mean this, 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 and this. Um, but you know, I might be looking at all the cards or the whole story and the flow of it, and I might just feel intuitively or whatever it's coming from on some level. Mm, actually, this card I feel is talking about this in the less traditional sense. So that's definitely really going with the creativity and the flow. Mm. And it's not to say that it's right or wrong. It just is. That's just how I. I'm interpreting information at that moment, you know? Yeah, I, and I remember what I was going to say a while ago. Um, just that for my Western mind and Western way of thinking and my traditional schooling, uh, I, you know, I really appreciated the rational, the logic and so forth part of my mind. And, mm. and like most people, I think from that, 
type of training, that schooling, I, I didn't really appreciate how much happens on the unconscious level, how much happens on the intuitive level, yeah. how much happens on the emotional level that is not rational and not logical. Yeah. And, and recognizing these two parts. And so I was thinking about intuitive reading before the call with you and I, I was thinking about my medical training and doctoring and I've always had this feeling that that part of what I do and part of what doctors try to teach each other and why it is a mentoring kind of internship thing that we do is because part of it is teaching intuitive and intuitive reading. I, I have to have a hunch of where to go. Mm-hmm. Now, sure. I need to have the structure of knowledge to understand the patterns, the diseases, the things that could be going on and trying to diagnose and try to... yeah get the gestalt of these patterns then try to fit this person's story into one of these patterns and figure out you know how to diagnose that and if I diagnose that what to do uh, and so there's there's lot there's application of logic and ra- my rational mind there but every doctor has a hunch every doctor has a direction they go in first it may be wrong it may be right but uh, as we get more experience the hunches that we follow tend to come from that and and so I, I think of the intuitive reading that way, and I also think of why doctors find it difficult to teach other doctors. <laughs> it's yeah. understanding how that can be taught, but the intuitive reading is about a story, mm-hmm. and you're looking at these, the the cards as the framework, the symbols to help you, help you express the story. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, like the way you were talking about it, like in the. Pre- perspective of a doctor that you you've got all this information you've got the knowledge and you've studied you're trying to piece together the person you're working with with the you know symptoms or the background and try and use your hunch to kind of guide you through where to go um and i would say that's exactly the same for me too that's how i do it too um that you are you're collecting information and then you follow your hunch your gut instinct your intuition of well where's the pattern here what makes sense where's that place of like flow or ease or direction you know mm-hmm. um yeah definitely the same i would say the same thing as what i do for sure okay so you understand okay yeah nice to know that my Thinking is not disturbed. <laughs> it makes sense sometimes. That's all. But I, I uh, want to say one of the other places I got that is from a workshop I went to on astrology. A friend of mine did, mm-hmm. and I think from the outside I I had that traditional belief. Oh, astrology that's kind of scary too. Mm. And I can't say I remember much because it, it. I knew that I wasn't going to be an astrologer. I just wanted to learn something. And the, and so I went and said, I'm going to learn one thing. And the one thing that I learned was the same thing I told you, that astrology is like another framework for intuition. And mm-hmm. so they do a reading and they say, ah, patterns and symbols. This is the, these are the patterns and symbols I see. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's been really fun to recognize, to recognize that there's some structure that helps intuition and it 
for some reason makes it less scary for me to think about an intuitive reading that way as a, uh, I don't know, finding the patterns to find the story, to tell the story and uh, have it resonate with someone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I did the same with astrology. Like I'm not an astrologer. I'm interested in it, but if I've listened to other astrologers, um, you know, I can see they're doing that same thing that I'm doing and what you've just described there. It's just another platform. Um, and I know that for me personally, this is not my main exclusive platform for using <laughs> that skill of, of intuition and looking for the pattern and looking for the story. You know, I do it all the time. Um, and I'm just, I'm really comfortable with it. I think that's the other piece is that it's, um, it's just really comfortable for me to kind of live in that way of navigating the world. So for me, it's a bit like, because I'm studying coaching and uh, there was something that really rang true before I started my course. It was, um, trying to think who it was i think it was mel robbins i think it was her i was listening to and it was something about how to make an important decision um and there's this thing of um well you know sometimes it's really hard to make a decision it's not that obvious which route to take there's not a clear pro or con you know they might balance out so it's tuning into that feeling of well what decision expands me or my choices or my future in some way even if it's uncomfortable in the the short term if in the long term it expands me my choices or my future in some way then mm. it's the right decision and I really really resonated with that because I think that's what I always try and do my with any decision I'm doing or when I'm doing readings or navigating through my life you're trying to feel your way through well, what's comfortable, what feels expansive. Um, and, you know, sometimes even in the short term, it is uncomfortable, but you can even imagine or feel past the present and think, well, in the future, if I followed this pattern, do I have this feeling of expansion and being true to myself? And if it's a yes, then I know I'm on the right track. And that's what I'm trying to do with my readings and help to get people back to is that, that place of, okay, well, that's the decision. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, intuitively that's where we all want to be, you know, what feels good, what feels right, what feels comfortable, what helps us grow in some way. That just really resonated mm -hmm. with me. Just that simplicity of which route do I take? Mm -hmm. You know, does it expand me or contract me? Does it like limit me or expand me in some way? Um, and I think that's the simplest way to look at what we're talking about you know about using your intuition and finding the story finding the thing that feels good that feels expansive hmm. yeah how are you finding intuitive reading applying to coaching it's interesting because I've um, you know I had a YouTube channel that I've kind of gone on and off doing my intuitive readings and I was enjoying it but I was very aware that 
I'm basically telling people their story. You know, I was talking about this mirror thing. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed in the coaching that a huge piece that was really important to me as a client, like when I'm getting coached, was that people don't put their spin on my story. You know, they like we've all got a filter, we've all got a lens that we perceive the world and people and information through, and it'll change, you know, through our lives and different moments. But as a coach, you know, you're trying to really let people express things through their words and then like reflect back well here's what i'm hearing is this accurate or tell me more rather than saying oh so you're this then oh so you're that oh okay so that means you do this that's me putting my spin my perspective and i find that incredibly jarring when people would do that it's a bit like um back to the memory that my mother brought up when um she had her her brain hemorrhage and she was learning how to speak again mm. and what was happening for her was that you know the words were slow the sentences were slow so people would butt in and say oh are you trying to say this so you mean this oh what you want this and um, mom's like okay. like no well you just shut up <laughs> like just let me finish just give me the time to say it in one words and i really noticed how triggering and jarring that can be when someone is saying well this is how i see you you are this you know and that might not be the truth for that person you know um and it can be as simple as you know just that person then correcting them saying well actually it's this but it kind of breaks the the trust of the relationship a little bit so the reason i'm kind of bringing this up is that I was very aware that because um, a lot of my readings are at a distance and even when I'm face to face, I'm still telling somebody their story when I would actually rather hear them tell me their story and then work with it together and still do the intuitive thing of feeling through, you know, what you find triggering or difficult or beautiful or whatever right now. Um, you know, because they're trying to sort something out in their life, whether it's with coaching or reading, they're trying to feel their way into that comfortable place. And rather than me as a coach or a reader to say, oh, well, you're doing this, so you need to do this. You know, like you're making all the wrong decisions because you always do this. So this is what you need to do instead. That's not giving the person that power to find that on their own way. Mm -hmm. Like they they might not like their path might not be from a to b they might need to go you know a to b to z to d to e to f and then arrive at g so i don't know who they are and what route they need to take but they know yeah if someone if someone's explaining where they're at to me that's being told exactly the way it needs to be told you know, but if I was to say their story, I might add in bits, I might miss out bits to make it inaccurate for them. Mm. So I was really noticing that with um, the readings to be 
aware of that. Um, and really, I feel that a lot of the time it just opens up a dialogue, actually just holding up this validation and reflection of, well, here's what I'm noticing. Is this accurate? You know, where are you with that? Tell me more about it. Um, and it's kind of the same with coaching, but just on a flip on the reverse where people are telling me where they're at. And then I reflect back. I'm hearing you say this and maybe you can use their words. Uh-huh. Is this accurate? Tell me more. So with the readings, I feel that there's more um, pitfalls to get lost or to take okay. it the wrong direction. Um, if I was to bring my ego into it, same with coaching, I suppose, but especially in readings because I'm in um, a bit more of a position of power because I'm delivering the information, you know, mm-hmm. whereas okay. in the coaching, I'm immediately flipping it where the client's delivering the information. Um, both have got their pitfalls for sure, but this is what I'm kind of noticing between the two. Okay. And I'm still using my intuition and the same with the client. They're still using their intuition to, uh, you know, we're guiding each other to this place that feels, oh, that's good. That feels right. Well, the answer that I got, I'll reflect it back to you. Yeah. The, the reading, you're coming up with a story from the cards and seeing how it resonates with the person. And you may or may not get feedback depending on mm-hmm. if it's through YouTube or however, you know, if you never see the person. Yep. But with coaching, the information is not from cars, it's from them. And your intuition yeah. is when you reflect it back to them, this is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. They may not know exactly what they're saying. Cause I often don't, <laughs> but, yeah. um, or, or not that I don't know what I'm saying, but I don't know how all the pieces fit together. And, and you're mm-hmm. looking, your, your intuition is guiding you there. And so you're hearing their story and reflecting back in a different way with your intuition. Yeah, I was trying to think of another like metaphor or something to bring it clearer. So let's use a card as an example. Say, for example, okay, if I was doing a reading and I'm looking at the card and it's got this woman who's pregnant on the card. And I'm just feeling, I'm feeling something from the card. There's maybe an energy that maybe doesn't feel right. Maybe it feels a bit heavy, but I'm thinking, well, it's a pregnant woman and she's around nature. How can that be heavy? It's usually a really positive image to most people. But I'll say, you know, I'm getting a really heavy energy from this, this card, this woman who's pregnant. You know, um, something doesn't feel right about the scenario. And I don't know what it means. Um, whereas in coaching, that might come up as someone is talking about their mother or this pregnant woman, and they just kind of mention it in passing. And I'll maybe feel intuitively something heavy like I did with the cards. And I'll I'll reflect back to them, you know, I was picking up this heaviness when you mentioned this person. Can you tell me more about that? What's that about? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't like them. Or they remind me of my mother. Well, tell me more about your mother. You know, oh, I don't have a good relationship with her. And then you've got more of an avenue to go down and you're still feeling with intuition where that story is leading. You kind of get there quicker. I've noticed with with coaching or like counseling type stuff. So if I was to do a reading, like an intuitive reading, I feel that's for a lot of people, the starting point to open a dialogue about something that they really actually want to look at. Mm. Um, And the coaching is like the next logical step. I feel not always, you know, it doesn't always fit that pattern, but 
that's the pattern that I'm noticing, the story that I'm noticing evolving as these kind of platforms. And um, I think as well that people, they like different access points to where they want to go. You know, for example, um, say someone is looking for some sort of healing in some way, they might go directly to a doctor. If they're not comfortable with a doctor, they might maybe go for a massage first. Or if they don't like touch, they might go to talk to somebody. You know, if they don't like talking, they'll maybe do something more that's touch. You know, there's all these different avenues. Mm-hmm. And I kind of am really seeing that this is just another platform, another avenue. Mm. Like the, the intuitive reading is just another way into kind of doing the same thing really i notice i'm doing the same thing with the readings and with coaching it's just different ways to it um and different speeds that people are comfortable with different approaches that people are more comfortable with too so that's really insightful about how different people approach their healing one of the reasons i've been wanting to interview on this topic is i remember when you were doing the readings in uh, scotland uh, months ago you made it fun and light and uh, just that level of trust in that you had with uh, what was coming up uh, to just say what comes up and see what fits and and I say that because it inspired me to play with the cards myself Uh, Mm -hmm. I think I had some judgment about the cards being scary and not knowing what to do with them and so I've just been having fun with them and uh, it's it kind of where you started with this, where you said I used to gather with friends. I think it's a fun way to gather with friends and open a conversation on things that are often deeper than we normally talk about. So it becomes, yeah. it becomes yeah. a really cool way to connect with people by um, just using the cards as a starting point. So thank you for that playfulness that you added to the cards <laughs> you're welcome thank you i don't know any last things that you'd want to say about intuitive readings really just bring it back to a point that i think we've already kind of covered it's something that has always been said by readers that i admire myself you know never give your power away to a reader or a psychic like it always comes back to you it's just a tool. It's just information to, yeah, to kind of see where you're at, to play, to evolve, to grow. You're always the one in control. You're always mm-hmm. the one making decisions. It's your life. You know you best. You know, don't let anyone tell you what you should or shouldn't do. You always know what's best for you. And that's ultimately what it boils down to. Um, but sometimes it is really helpful to ask people for advice and if it fits then it fits if it doesn't it doesn't you know you're just information gathering but you're the one who makes the decision and you're the only one that can feel what's right for you Mm. thank you that's a great note to end on that yeah intuitive reading using it as a tool for empowerment thank you yeah well thank you again my guest today is jamie mccall And thank you again for joining us today for People of Passion and Purpose, Doing Interesting Things, Living the Present Moment. Stay tuned for more at livingthepresentmoment.com.